0: Welcome to Show Your Scars with me, Jordan Angeli. Using my experience as a former professional athlete, I will take you inside the journey back from a devastating injury. Although we may not choose for this to happen to us, we appreciate who we become in the process. Now, let's dive into this week's episode as we share our strength and show our scars with pride. What's up, everybody? I... Hope you all are doing well at whatever spot you're at, whether you're the beginning stages of rehab or in the middle or towards the end, return to play, whatever it may be. Uh, We're always thinking about you and we're always trying to help you during the different stages throughout any of your injury recovery. So I am thinking of you and sending you my best. Today, I have two guests with me, and I had the opportunity to go and sit down and talk to them personally, and it was a blast. Kristen is a physical therapist at Sports Rehab Consulting here in Denver, Colorado, and Allison joins us as well. And she is recovering from a knee injury that she got about over a year ago, and just unfortunately was not given the right advice as far as physical therapy goes, and fell a little bit behind. It has been in pain for a year now, and just trying to figure out how to get out of it. I had a really good time, and it was a really powerful session, because Allison and Kristen's relationship is really unique, and I appreciate the way that Kristen uses her knowledge as a physical therapist but always also uses her ability to treat allison for how unique she is and how unique her experience is during this rehabilitation process so it was a really cool hour two hours that we spent together really one hour of physical therapy for kristen and allison and then an hour chatting together i hope you guys enjoy this because they say a lot of good things of listening to your body of how this rehab is not only physical, how it's mental, how your brain connects to your body and what we feed our brain and the thoughts can really impact what our body feels. And then that breaking it down is not a sense of you're failing. It's almost a sense of making it right in your body. So break it down to the point where then you can build yourself back up in the most positive way possible. Here they are, Kristen and Allison. All right, so I just want to start off and get a little, know a little bit more about you, Kristen, and kind of your background and what led you here. So who, where'd you grow up and what's your background in sports? Um,
1: so my background is not the easiest answer. Usually people say, where are you from? And I say, well, a little bit of, a little bit of everywhere. My dad worked for the National Park Service, so I grew up moving around a lot. Um, I grew up mostly in the Midwest, Iowa and Indiana Um, Went to Virginia and then we made our way out to Colorado with my family Um, During that time that we moved a lot, gymnastics was my one mainstay My sister and I competed together Um, And so we were very involved in gymnastics from the time I was 7 until 17 basically Um, And at that point people ask, well did you do it in college? And I say absolutely not I was hurting, I was mentally and physically done. So, um, I actually played club lacrosse in college, but um, it was my career in gymnastics that led me into athletic training, and I became a certified athletic trainer right out of college and worked um, in athletic training for a lot of years, actually, um, working for a couple different teams and, and clinics as well. And it was just my love and passion of sports medicine that I decided to go back to PT school. I'd worked with so many talented physicians and PTs and other healthcare professionals that I, I wanted to do more and expand my knowledge. And so I, I made the decision to go back to PT school after working for a while as an athletic trainer. And that's where I ended up here today.
0: And what's that transition like going from an athletic trainer to a physical therapist? Because a lot of the knowledge that you have as an athletic trainer is, you know, you, you know, some of the things about physical therapy as well. Uh, what was the main thing that you were like, I, I definitely want to become now a physical therapist.
1: I think my depth has, my depth of knowledge is night and day different. Um, and not to say, as an athletic trainer, I I knew a, a lot about a lot of different things. And here, as adding physical therapy to that, I will always be an athletic trainer. That that's who I, who I am. Um, adding physical therapy to that has just increased my depth of knowledge. Like I said, and a lot of that in neuromuscular management the nervous system, the brain. Um, manipulations, um, doing more of the hands on manual therapy. And that's a lot of what I wanted to do. And I knew I wanted to learn more about going to PT school because some of those therapists um, that I worked with were just so skilled and knowledgeable and they could do the joint manipulations and adjustments and talking about the nervous system and how the nervous system influences pain and dry needling and all these things that I couldn't do. And I felt so in a box of what I could and couldn't do. And so I decided that this was a good route for me to go to be
0: able to expand on what I already was doing. And you say in a box. And I think sometimes, you know, jumping into physical therapy itself and especially the ACL therapy process is a lot of the times it is unfortunately classified in this box right Uh, one of the reasons you work here where you work is because you have the freedom to assess people and see what their needs are is that one of the the best things that you practice you would say is um, being able to evaluate individual patients and see what they need from a person-to-person standpoint
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I would, you know, say if I honed in on just a knee, I would be doing such a disservice. Um, Expanding your scope and looking to the lumbar spine or to the foot and the ankle or shoot, even if she had a right shoulder surgery, which then could affect, you know, the opposite extremity and that regional interdependence. um, That's why I love this setting is because we can take the time to look at all different aspects, how people move, how people move globally and how it all works together I think is so important.
0: Is that fun for you? Is that fun like a challenge you get to put this puzzle back together and try to figure out what's causing what? I wish we had a camera so you could see my my grin
1: (laughs) my ear-to-ear grin yes that's that's why I have such a passion for this this profession and what I do it is so fun to Put the pieces together and try and figure out the nuances and how the human body works. And every day, it it fascinates me in a new in a new way. And you just always keep learning,
0: and that's what I love. You mentioned this a little bit um, a minute or so ago. Is that if you just looked at as a knee rehab, you would be doing your client a disservice. And you and I have talked before about how this is more than just an ACL rehab. How Your mind is connected to your body your your joints are connected to your nervous system system, all of the above how why is it important that people start to understand that and why is it on us to to help educate further educate people that are going through this process because it is really hard to understand like oh I'm I'm rehabbing my ACL why is it why is it so hard for me mentally with yeah, with the biopsychosocial model of looking at
1: body, mind, spirit and all of the interconnected facets, it's just I think sometimes we get caught up in the day to day schedule of, Oh my gosh, I'm seeing this many people today, I'm so pressed for time, I've I need to do this and I gotta do that and then I'm I'm doing this and and to take the time to take a step Back and look at the whole person. It's really about curing the whole person. And that's so important to me. And the things I read about now are, you know, when I look at research or articles or things like that, yes, I look at new ACL research, but I also am now reading about chronic pain and mindfulness and any other orthopedic injury because I'm just, the more I do this, the more I'm learning how everything is. Connected, And you can't treat something like an ACL without treating the emotional, the spiritual side of the person, whatever that means to them. Because it is such a huge, huge component. And that's a big part of it. And if Allison needs to talk to me for 10 to 15 minutes at the beginning of a session, I'm going to do that. Because that gets her mind right or makes her feel heard. And if she feels that way, then we're going to have a more productive physical session if mentally we're in the right place. And I, I just, I, I put so
0: much value on that. You said Allison, and she's sitting here with us. And this is a great leeway because, Allison, this has not been an easy road for you. If you could explain a little bit, because you initially connected us with Kristen and I think this is really cool that we get to talk to a patient and a physical therapist at the same time and kind of see how not only you guys met and why you chose to come here, but how she has helped you in your process. But I want to go back. um, What was your injury and what led you to this point of coming here to get treatment from Kristen? What
2: what was my injury? So I tore my ACL and MCL and it was a contact related. So, um, Yeah, for me it's been a hard journey because I actually ended up having it out of state. My mom was visiting in town when it happened, so we decided, due to not being able to walk, just have it out of state. And then, you know, I certainly came back to Denver three months later. (coughs) So the journey's been tough emotionally. It's been tough physically. It's been tough to overcome um, many aspects of of the injury. Um, But I decided around the nine-month mark that everyone says around nine to 12 months, you should be feeling better. And nine months, I was... I came in crying actually my first session I was I was crying because I was in so much pain and I didn't understand several for several months for for a few months I was just not getting where I needed to as far as building strength and so decided to um you know I was like well I'm gonna see my third PT because when I came back to Denver um I saw my second PT for about six months and so um so what led me here was just, you know, as I read through um, what they're about and just looking at one is not it's not under health insurance and, uh, you know, looking at the specifics of somebody that can, you know, that gets people back to, you know, pre-injury. And so it's a, it's a huge deal. And so not knowing even when I walked in the door, the, on the, like I think I just told you on the intake form, it asked about the emotional side of things. And that was not being addressed for months before that. And I felt like. Uh, that's a huge piece. So being able to get the answers of you know, physically where I'm going, but just the emotional side and connecting the to her has been a big deal for me.
0: That is a huge part of why I'm doing what I'm doing because I think people underestimate what this process looks like prior to going through it. Um, you understand that it's going to be a surgery and it's going to be a rehab, but what does that mean? What does rehab mean when you, are, you can't do what you've been doing for so long, right? You know, yeah, it brings tears to your eyes. It, it's really difficult to understand that. And um, I think it's important to tell people how, what that looks like, right? Did you feel, you had mentioned like I got to nine months and I felt like everybody told me I should have been better. Did you feel like there were milestones that you had in your brain that, that were pre-surgery hard for you to grasp when you weren't there? At that certain milestone?
2: Um, I, I mean, to be honest, I don't think I've known what to expect, right? I'm going on what the medical professionals have been telling me is, and even not downplaying, but just almost saying that you're okay, you're fine, you're exactly where you need to be, where I think, as I mentioned to you before, I was, it took me five and a half months to get full range of motion. And so, um, so I just think, um, you know, and even having a setback coming in and realizing that you know, kind of developing certain knee pain. You know, that have probably been there for months, and not realizing I'm working, I'm I'm killing myself. I'm working through this extreme pain is actually hindering and damaging. So trusting
0: yourself is a huge thing. Trusting that that pain is validate is valid, and not pushing through it because you're trying to push for a milestone. I think that's a a really important thing because if you have pain, there's a reason you have pain, and to address that um, is one of the things that Kristen does but also trust yourself. If, you know, d- physicians, doctors, orthopedics, every, everybody's trying to do their job right, right? And But they don't know how you feel. And I think one of the parts of education and one of the parts of this process is expressing how you feel and staying true to who you are. And if, if that answer is not, doesn't feel right to you, because I think you know what I mean, where some things, people say something to you and you're like, oh yeah, you're right. Like I probably, I probably can get through that like range of motion right that pain of like oh i can i can get through that pain but when it's pain as far as like what you're feeling day to day or things that just don't feel right to you when you hear them acknowledging all right that doesn't feel right and i gotta trust my gut on this one is is a big thing right trusting your true self in, in this process do you feel like now allison um through work here with Kristen that you have found yourself in a point where you can um, let go of timelines a little bit and just work on more of who who you are and like getting back to really who you are
2: I would say better yes it is better and so um, yeah real. real uh, there's a struggle still and it's uh, you know looking at the journey and knowing that it's going to take uh, quite a bit longer and knowing I'm I'm going in my second year of this and so and that's okay but letting go of the timeline letting you know looking at and working on the mindset I think as I mentioned earlier just a couple weeks ago struggling with um, you know just almost feeling a little defeated but picking up and just working through the emotion and to be honest listening to your podcast has really helped and looking at just positive you know if you look at my phone right now I've actually got one of your posts just kind of on my back you know just on the just looking at just pouring in right belief but you know kind of that doubt just kind of looking at what is the truth what is the truth in this and just kind of claiming those things and just reminding myself that that's the case and looking at a timeline yeah just letting that go and just knowing that it's not a competition with someone else that maybe got through a little bit quicker but um, yeah, just, just kind of looking at the, and again, it does help to come in and have that validation and reminder of that. Cause I can easily, um, kind of forget that too. So Kristen, when you met Allison, what were
0: your, you know, your initial reactions to how her, her movement patterns and her, um, even, you know, the emotion, Like, how do you treat someone when they come in and knowing what you know about everything's connected, um, how did those first few sessions go and and how has treatment with allison been since then
1: i think the word that comes to mind immediately is empathy she came to me and i just i felt for her because i could feel her frustration and her pain and um and watching her move and just listening to her i knew that we we had a little bit of a long road it was We had a lot of mechanical things to work through and a lot of education and helping. It's almost harder when you come in later because you have to unwind and unring bells than starting fresh from the beginning. And so talking through the process with her every session and reframing things too of you educate, but then if it doesn't stick or if it doesn't resonate, then you got to reframe it or say it in a different way. And so... You know we spent a lot of time educating but you know maybe saying the same thing four times or maybe I need to do a better job of saying it in a different way so that she understands it and so um, we've been working together a lot on that on that road especially with with the education piece is key because we're doing a lot of things differently and doing a lot of things that feel like she's going backwards but we talk about it's not going backwards it's going forwards and we're just really being perfectionist about her movement patterns and her biomechanics so that she can have less pain and that's completely going forward
0: with giving as much information as you can about allison and her movement patterns but things that when you say education and the things that you're educating her on or educating athletes going through acl reconstructions on what are what are some of those things that are beyond you know um the knee what are you talking about because you talk a lot about neuromuscular stuff and um, certain relearning patterns so can you explain a little bit more what that means to people who maybe haven't experienced that
1: sure Um, we talk a lot about um, the chronic pain cycle and when you enter into a chronic pain cycle like where we're at now we're a year out we're still having pain and some of that is due to poor mechanics some of that is her brain trying to protect her we have this fight or flight um, built into our our system for survival and so chronic pain is a whole different area to talk about and to address and to teach people about versus acute pain where you you had the pain where you initially hurt it but the pain that you're having now is of a different variety with a chronic pain cycle. Um, and so we've we've talked a lot about that and brain patterning and how your brain tries to protect you and we're we are designed for protection. We are genetically the same now as we were 10,000 years ago. So we are hardwired for fight or flight and to, and protection. So our body doesn't necessarily um, do movements correctly. It does them as efficiently as possible so that we can survive. So we can hunt and gather and run away from that saber tooth tiger and I think that is so important for people to realize that there's different types of pain and our brain doesn't necessarily have a pain receptor in it The the brain actually lights up in all different areas of motory and sensory and proprioception when there's pain because it's using multiple areas of the brain to process it versus having a one area in the brain that perceives pain so it's it's a lot for people to wrap their brain around because then they look at me and go, oh, so you're telling me it's in my head. The pain's not real because the the brain is just trying to protect me and I have pain, but it's just on hyperdrive, but it's not real. So you're telling me it's in my head. And, and that is very hard to try and explain to people that it, no, well, physically if you could see me right now I am I am pointing to the motor cortex in the brain yes it is in your head it is here at the motor cortex where your brain has produced changes to try and help you to move and so I think this is a new concept for a lot of people as well it's it's a totally different way of thinking or way that may they may not have heard it before. So that takes a lot of repetition and a lot of time and a lot of sessions to really help people to understand that.
0: When you first heard this, Allison, all of this stuff, because one of the biggest things about this relationship that you guys have is education and asking questions and you feeling empowered to know what's going on in your body. When you first heard all this, did it click like, well, that makes sense? Or were you overwhelmed with just knowing this is a knee rehab but but like really it's my whole body
2: um you know I, I think I, I'm still learning right so I'm still kind of learning through this and um I just think again as I I don't know if I mentioned I think I did earlier but just even a couple of weeks ago really struggling emotionally and really looking at what's working what's not working even emotionally working through um kind of this this side of things I think one of very happy and proud, proud, not in a humble way, more just being able to work through, like, those feelings, and knowing, um, whether it's a daily affirmation, whether it's multiple times a day, whether or not it's, um, you know, putting something on your phone to, I don't know, so, um, absolutely, I think it definitely can be, but I think, um, overwhelming, but if I look at, you know, we just focus in on the smaller instead of the big picture, because the, if I look, you know, a year out, that's too overwhelming, my mind can't grasp that, but, yeah, just looking at the here and now the now is very much when i'm focusing on now the present moment not going backwards where i was and you know i just do better with that so
0: and you can say you're proud because that's really hard for people to work through emotions we have been taught as a society as athletes as active people as men women everything you know to push these emotions aside and trudge through right just get through the day put a smile on your face but those emotions are there for a reason and dealing with that is difficult for us to do and you should absolutely be proud that you are facing them head on one of the biggest learning things like learning moments I think in this journey is that is that accepting these emotions for what they are and saying I'm clearly feeling this way for a reason and then finding different ways to work through them you know what are those patterns like for me what are those ways that I can create affirmations to help me re get back on the right path
2: yeah yeah absolutely and I think even I had to go back to your podcast but no, listening to different things that you've mentioned I remember one it was weeks ago but Someone I'm mention just different things along the way. Some, like right now, I've been writing a journal. to a wellness recovery journal. And I'll write in that. But one thing that's m- I'm focusing more on is uh, Headspace app and just doing that. And that's working right now. And I'm going to go through it again and go through the, you know, kind of the rehab section of that. And so, um, you know, there might be some times where maybe more the, the journal might be more of what I need. But I remember someone saying that just diff- using different things, different um, tools and resources to, to help get through the different, to rehab, I guess so. Absolutely.
0: I got to witness a session, a PT session with you two today, and it was really cool because um, it encompassed a lot of different things, but very uh, it broke it down very simplistically, right? Because uh, Kristen, you mentioned those movement patterns, and when they've gone awry, it takes how long to reset them a, a long time can you can you talk about why sometimes you you just had said Allison feels like maybe we're going backwards but it's really relearning and pushing forward into these new movement patterns that are correct in order to then uh progress what she feels like progress forward
1: um i think one good example in her case that we we talked about um with the movement patterns was Um, when we were training for working on a squat and we we started with her squat and it it was off to the side she wasn't putting weight through knee she wasn't putting weight through her hip and it was painful and you watch her squat and you look at all the different parts that can happen and you notice that okay she's not getting any extension in her lumbar spine And I tried to cue her and ask her to do that, and it was really hard for her to do in standing. So we went back onto the table, and we did it on her hands and knees, and I asked her to arch her back and round her back. And that was really difficult for her to do at first. And I think that's important to remind ourselves that you got to break it down to the foundation because there are some things that we take for granted or think that can be done, but then when you look at it and you start assessing it further... It's not quite where we want it to be. And so we spent a couple sessions just working on hands and knees, getting her back to arch and getting it to round to teach her body and her brain and the neuromuscular system how to go through that movement. And we had to break it down into a part practice motion so that we could do it into a more complex standing position. And so even today when we started with the squat again, still hurt still wasn't feeling great so we sat around the swiss ball and worked on the arching and the rounding just sitting on the ball and then we stood her back up again and we went through this back and forth and that's the thing too is you can't be afraid to take it a few steps back teach them what teach their body what you're trying to get them to do so that you can go back forward again and then do it and you were able to do it and we had an amazing session and you're actually getting some shake in the quad because we just took it a few steps back that was it I mean it was three minutes maybe of sitting on the ball and arching and rounding your back to get to the standing position to remind your brain oh this is what I got what I have to do this is the position I need to be in here's the mechanics now I've got to sit into my hip but none of that would have happened if we wouldn't have taken the two or three minutes today to do that or the couple sessions to do it on your hands and knees which people get frustrated with they like, oh I'm really I'm doing some hands and knees arching my back yeah Allison is laughing at me because I know she was like why am I doing this but you can't quite see it until it comes to fruition even a couple sessions later it could be weeks later but it it,
0: it comes and breakthrough it was Allison how'd that feel today when you were out there and the things that you had worked on for the last couple of weeks you feel the shake in your leg. You feel no pain in your knee. Is
2: that a good moment? Yeah, ab- absolutely. And I, I think it is those, you know, the little, um, I think for me, again, seeing the big picture and knowing that the end result, right? And just seeing that there, um, you know, there's hope in this and that it's going to, it's not permanent, right? And reminding myself of that and just seeing those little, for months, not getting this to, to my quad muscle to activate and to spinning your wheels and to, so absolutely, you know, going backwards and realizing that um, that's not a negative or bad thing, and have seen it definitely that way, but just reframing that and knowing that um, I really need to to be able to get through um, kind of this hurdle and just kind of move forward. So it is it is nice. It's a, it's a good uh, visual and a good reminder that, you know, to see this and to feel no pain, you know, when I'm squatting is, is definitely, you know, feels good. So
0: it was cool to be here and be able to witness that just the, the therapy part of it, right. You know, the, what you were saying to her, Kristen and Allison, what, you know, you looking at yourself in the mirror and focusing on the things that you were trying to learn, right. And inhibiting some muscles from working and activating other muscles to work and feeling the shake and acknowledging that the shake is good. Right. And, um, seeing you smile about that because those smiles are little wins, right? Little small wins that you can take with you along the way that keep you going forward. I want to go back a little bit to this thought of education and kind of what we see one of the biggest things for me at the acl club and with show your scars is this idea of timelines and this idea of these markers in the process having to be a certain month or a certain week and um yes there is progress to the whole entire re- rehabilitation but um, we kind of nerded out about this Kristen, a few weeks ago when we talked is this um, unrealistic expectation that we are given from social media, from professional athletes, because yes, we look up to them. And I think it's great to relate to the emotions that they're going through and the feelings that are exactly the same that we have. Correct. And I think that strengthens people to say, oh, like, we're just the same. But at the same time, the, the getting back in four months and five months and, um, it creates these unrealistic expectations and almost have, you have to re-break those barriers down and say, this process is different from every single person.
1: Yeah, it was that was such a good conversation to have with you a couple of weeks ago. And yeah, I mean, the timelines are meant to be a guideline. They're not these hard and fast rules. And oftentimes we make them these hard and fast rules and you should be here by this time and there by that time. And, and, and it is, it's totally unrealistic and it's unfair. And I think it, it sets people up sometimes, not for failure, but to more stress, I guess, of, well, I'm not at this mark by this time I'm behind. Oh my gosh, what's, what's wrong with me? What am I, you know, and everybody is so different and, you know, with professional athletes and it's their job to get better and they are genetic freaks of nature. So, they are these amazing athletes whose job it is to get better. They are in the training room for 10 hours a day. They're getting nutrition help and strength conditioning and physical therapy and massage and anything and everything. And they're getting back at six months. And, you know, I, I don't think that's fair for everybody else who's listening to this and going, well, he got back in six months. Why can't I? And it's like, well, you have a job. You You have three kids or you're a high school kid or... You're, it, that's not total reality for everyone. And I think people need to have a better understanding. And even when they get back at six months, we don't know how they feel. We don't know if they feel confident in their knee. We don't know if they're having pain. We don't know what's going on with them. We just see them out there. And any professional athlete I have worked with or anyone that you will talk to, they'll tell you that it's two years before they feel like they've got their feet back underneath them again. And I think that's important for people to know and to understand that this is a long road. And even if you get, you know, six months, maybe start your return to sports stuff. Okay, you're back at a year, let's say. Well, even if you're back at a year, you are still not feeling like you had the same step you did before. The speed or the quickness. And that comes with some of that training too. And some of these brain changes that happen in our reliance on visual and we need to do a better job too or incorporate this in some of our rehab of external cues and using some external cueing and using you can use a letter or a light or some reactionary drills or strobe glasses or or things that challenge the brain externally because you lose the feedback in your knee of where it is in space and then you go back into a sports setting and you've got all these external cues and feedback, and your brain is trying to process what's going on in the outside world, but it's also very reliant still on the knee to rely on where it is in space, and that starts a recipe for bad things happening again, and so taking the time to go through that phase and that stage, I think is very important too, and sometimes gets missed or skipped or Or we just don't have the time or we don't have um, the insurance restrictions or or things like that or they don't have the resources like these professional athletes do and I, I think that's an important note to make
0: and stress stress is so key because when you're stressed you're releasing different hormones into your body and how is that inhibit or add to even inflammation
1: Yeah, and your body goes through a natural inflammatory cycle. When it heals, that is very normal. Um, What we are learning now is that stress can increase this inflammatory response. And so you can imagine then what that does to affect your your healing. So if you have stress after a trauma or stress because of the bills, because you're paying for this, I mean, this is an expensive endeavor, and that's stressful, and you've got to work to... To pay your bills and what if you have a high demanding job? What if you're on your feet all day? What what if you're an electrician or a plumber or you have a very active job that's stressful because this is your your livelihood and if you can't work then these are all, it's that part of that biopsychosocial model that we talked about earlier of there's a lot of factors at play and we need to account for all those factors and make it a part of our education and a part of our creating realistic expectations and educating people about that through the process so they understand that one they're not alone in the journey but their journey is unique everybody's journey is unique
0: I like how we kept saying education education because I feel like education people think it's a one-sided thing right that the physical therapists, the doctors are in charge of educating but think about sitting in school it's a two-way thing it's the teacher and it's the student I think one of the things that is great about this process is it empowers you to take control of your journey, right? And I think, Allison, specifically talking to you, once you got to that point where things weren't going well, right, and you were at the this year mark and you weren't feeling like this is where you should have been at a year, you took hold and you flipped the education part right I got to learn more I got to learn more through podcasts through education of finding a new physical therapist asking questions that maybe I didn't ask before did that allow you to understand a little bit more about what's going on and did it feel it make you feel like was that one of the things that maybe helped you find hope again that there it is going to get better
2: uh I uh, you know I, I I feel like my and I've not done this before so um For me, just there's so many aspects of my injury that it really have been, I feel like, different um, from many different ways of, one, not having my, literally the day, two days after leaving to go out of state to have the surgery to, um, so I think there's a lot of emotional components that went with that alone, and three months later coming back, having some culture shock, coming back to Denver, so I just, for, um, yeah, so I think having, honestly, is my third place, right, and so realizing that, um, almost felt like I, and I stuck around the second PT place, um, for a little longer because I didn't want to have to, uh, I guess, have to leave because I'd already been to two PT places. So, um, yeah, I, I, you know, I think along the whole way I've been educating myself. I don't think I've necessarily gotten, um, understood the whole process. So, um, I just, I guess I'm trying to understand what you're educating myself. Absolutely. But I've been listening to your co- podcast probably, you know, month four or five. So, realizing, um, absolutely, there's a huge piece of that that I've, you know, I've really appreciated and loved, but coming in here has definitely been seeing a difference and feeling, you know, again, the whole person piece of that has, have not gotten that the first yeah. nine months at all. And so, literally, for me, almost felt shut down emotionally, and that actually suppressing, I actually was asked to suppress my feelings. and uh, And so, I just didn't, I kind of felt floundering and lost, so... Um, yeah I, I think the whole way I've been educating but just kind of trying to grasp and I think getting through for me there's been setbacks and I think along the way I've d- damaged my knee not doing some of the PT properly so I think listening and trusting um, the process uh, 100% trusting the process you know and just reminding myself over and over again and even if I've gotten off track of doing some PT I just think it's going like not necessarily now now but just even months ago when I first started it's just sticking with it and Mm -hmm. that's a huge huge component I think for me.
0: Okay last thing for you Allison what is your goal now what what are you looking towards in the future what are what are the things that maybe are the little goals that you're setting for yourself and then do you have something that you're looking forward to um, when you're you know a little bit farther along in this process?
2: Uh, I mean I think As far as now, like I want to just, I don't want to look too far ahead because I think that's where I get, you know, start comparing, right? So really when I focus on now and just, I I think as I mentioned earlier, I was talking with a friend and we were just reminding ourselves of different things in our life, just focusing on going for better. So what does that mean for me? Maybe just the pain is better. And that's where, um, I think that's a huge, you know, huge piece is is just not jumping too far ahead of like running right now. That's not an option. That's not going to be for a while, but I mean, hiking, I love, I love hiking, and, uh, you know, and I don't, you know, one thing when, when I would kind of got myself more in shape, you know, several years ago, discovered hiking, and it's a huge, huge thing for me. I love being able to get out and um, do that, so I look forward to getting out and backpacking and hiking and kind of getting back and doing some 14ers, and um, so that's probably the most, you know, the thing I get most excited about.
0: I like what you said, that it's about better, right? It's about... I think in this process, you grow into a better person in a lot of ways, learning to deal with these emotions, learning to let them surface and and work through them. Um, That it's not always about our physical rehab. It's a a lot about the the mind, the spirit, all, all that as well.
2: Yeah, and I I would even say it's not even always about me. Because even as I do this wellness recovery journal thing, some of the questions are repetitive. It's every day different. But, like, even looking at kindness, you know, looking at how I now receive kindness from either family or, you know, your PT or, you know, strangers or whoever it is. It's like looking at kind of the research behind scientifically how it actually helps you, your your in your brain and how it can even even if you just make someone's day or vice versa like how much it can affect you literally I've I've told Kristen this that I you know I really do like it really has changed like coming from some depression through this is just coming in and someone validating and validating your thoughts and feelings and just that alone has been a a form of kindness for me and has allowed me to kind of work through that and that's you know they I've got a couple books on kindness, and what it means, and researching it is where this may sound, but what does it do for you? And it does a lot. It does a lot for the person receiving it, it does a lot for the person giving it, and I I truly am like stuck on that for like a while, it's just what does kindness mean and what does it do? And I think that alone can help people get through injury, illness, and get through d- depression, and so um, I just think there's a lot to be said with with that, and that's just something for me I'm learning, as one small thing, many things, of just... Uh, you know how how is this a gift for me there's a ton of great things I've learned from this and I'll continue to but kindness alone you know I I wouldn't have recognized at work I work at Costco and I see people all the time walking through with the brace on and being able to exchange info or just be able to encourage them or whatever just recognizing injury in a different way so
0: those braces make you realize that thought that um quote that everybody's going through something you know you never know what what's causing them to be a certain way and when you see somebody's brace you realize that um a a little small word can help encourage them all right before we go because we're almost out of time here um allison you get to sit in front of kristen right now and do you have anything you you want to say to her any thank yous any um you know anything about what this process has been like for you since coming here
2: yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a, a few months in here, and I still got, you know, a ways to go. And um, yeah, it, you know, and I've, I've been able to express certainly at times, but um, it, this has been—it's been a big deal because, and I don't mind sharing. There's been struggle. Like, if you look at the grieving stages, um, didn't realize, you know, when I was in the middle of, you know, 13 months into my injury, 14 months in, but 13 months since. Uh, surgery, realizing I'm going through some of these stages, right? Going through depression, going through anger, going through denial. And um, for me, it started to really, and I still came in, I still can have those moments of that, but coming in here, it's been a big deal to get through that and again, to have someone to be able to just take, again, there's been some sessions where we take the first 15 minutes and we might talk about that because that is you know I've processed through and I think through and um, for someone to meet me where I'm at it's a huge deal not telling not judging my thoughts and not putting me down for that but it's allowed me to grow it's allowed me to get through this and allowed me to get through depression some moments of that and um, that I have not been able to um, to do for months and so it's kind of having having a team and being okay even looking at getting other help you know even looking at therapy you know i'm looking at trauma therapy and knowing that the two of them have been in touch with each other and they know she knows that the first session is asking that have you been depressed there's every you know the different social media groups i'm in there people all the time will say acl groups that are talking about depression and dealing with that and not realizing is this just me or what is going on and so you, ha- you can have some dark days and struggle with that, and realizing and knowing that that's a true reality in that and knowing that you can say that to someone and you're not gonna be shot down for that is huge. So it's, it's really been, it's allowed me to be able to, to move forward and not, go st- I mean, I still can go back and you know kind of go back to the, the past, but just allow myself to just keep going back to where I'm at and keep, you know, focus on what I'm currently doing, not the past. And so, um, yeah, it's been a huge, huge deal. And I mean, I've been able to express it, but not as much as, you know, you truly can tell you how much this has, has made a difference and impact in my life.
0: I really think physical therapists are like angels on this earth because it's not just the work you do hands on, on our body. It's the, the moments that you talk with us and you let us cry and you let us do all those things. So, um, that's got to be pretty special hearing from her and really knowing what you're doing is helping in in multiple ways. It is. It
1: it just helps me remember why I do what I do and I'm trying not to tear up right now. But um, that's that's what I was put on Earth to do was to help people and to help them in any way I can. And I want to thank you for doing the podcast and providing another resource for people because you know it takes a village and what a great idea on your part and what a valuable tool that you have created for
0: not just allison but for so many people out there so thank you to you for doing that I will connect you guys with both Kristen and Allison because I know Allison is, she likes to spread the kindness and she likes to help people get through what they're doing. And if you're in the Denver area, come check out Kristen. Um, Thank you guys so much for your time. I really appreciated talking to both of you. Pretty cool to watch Allison and Kristen sit across from each other as Allison was thanking Kristen for everything that she has done for her. It was a special moment, and we all develop those relationships with our physical therapists. They help us through so much, not only physically but mentally as well. They're the person a lot of the times that we're relying on to to help us through some of the mental barriers. So here at the ACL Club, we're so excited and at Show Your Scars to be another landing point for you in this process, that we can help you through these mental barriers and allow you to know that it's okay feeling that a certain way. It's okay to feel like uh, your body is working hard and your mind just isn't quite there. And that's all right. It's, everybody feels certain things during this process and we want to make sure that you feel like you are heard and that it's okay. So thank you guys so much. Thanks to Kristen and Allison for taking some time to talk with me. And I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. If you do, please, it would mean the world to me if you left a review on iTunes. I don't ask for these lightly because reviews allow us to be seen more. When we're seen more, then people hear what we're talking about more. It allows us to help more athletes, more people just like you to get into their ears and allow them to realize that they're heard, they're accepted, and that they're going to heal from this and be, in my opinion, better than before. It's all about how we choose to get through this process. So choose to share your strength and show your scars. Thanks for your reviews. Thanks for your time today. Go out there and show your scars with pride.